Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Possum University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, I'm a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing the Opal Fund, a 501c3 nonprofit that we have put together, so stay tuned. Hello, welcome to episode... 30 of season two. Wow. I didn't even realize it was our 30th episode. episode 50 total. We're just trucking along. We are. We're and doing I think the damn finally thing. we're not talking to ourselves. There's actually people listening <laughs> here in season two. Yes. Um, so we never talked about the Opal Fund in detail. We addressed it quickly on a Q&A and maybe we've mentioned it like once or twice in passing on the podcast. Yes. And I want to talk about that because I feel like we never addressed it. And also, I feel like we never properly addressed the absence of Opal and, and yeah. exactly what happened. I think it, it hurts too much sometimes to yeah, even talk it does. about it. it. It never gets easier, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that there's a lot of people that still don't know exactly what happened. And unless you're fishing around on every single episode, mm-hmm. you're not really going to get a good understanding. Or following us on Facebook and stuff, we did kind of lay that all out. But unless you're you're following me probably on facebook you don't know the full story of how everything went down right so uh, for starters opal was our blind puppy we talked about her a ton of times and she was <laughs> the uh our muse for many podcast episodes she, she was she, well, she was, was a, a source of like so much entertainment and so many oh, like questions so that needed to be answered yeah um like we just did the small bite on poop eating and i brought her up again on that one because she yeah. went through a poop eating phase so she taught us quite a bit and, and oh, she taught us how to be better trainers, better dog parents. Um, we, this was, I think for, yeah, for both of us, our first special needs dog mm-hmm. and what an amazing experience. I mean, obviously it, it ended in heartbreak, but she taught me so much, yeah, so much compassion, so much empathy, patience, unconditional love. I mean, she was something to see like people would see her i mean you remember we would walk her with the other two and they would just pick her out and they're like wow she's beautiful and then they take yeah. a closer look and they're like is she blind you you couldn't even tell at first yep she, she is, and it was beyond being blind she had tiny eyes they were underdeveloped so like all you saw was almost like the pink of her eye mm-hmm. but it, for some reason like it was just she was just so beautiful it's and like, when you describe it, you think all right that might look a little scary you know a little no but no, it, she was just a beautiful People dog. People were so attracted to her. Oh, she was gorgeous. Anybody that hasn't looked at Oral, Opal's story, um, she is was a double Merle. The Merle is the color that she was, that patterning. A lot of really high-value dogs, ones that go for thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, that is that pattern that's on her. Most of the time you see them with Catahoulas, which is what she was, Great Danes, Bulldogs, Aussies. Aussie Shepherds. So that really like that patterny of like brown, white, black, tan gorgeousness. Um, so she was all white and then she had spots of the Merle color. So double Merle basically means that someone bred two Merles together, which you're not supposed to do because it's... it's You have a double recessive gene and for some reason... 
if you breed two merles together, and the reason they breed two merles together is because 80% of the litter mm-hmm. comes out as a merle. Yeah, a perfect merle. No perfect issues. Merle. The rest, the twenty other 20%, come out as double merle. And what that means is they got both of the recessive genes, and because of that, they're either going to be deaf, blind, or both. Mm-hmm. The reason that they do this is because they can make so much more money off of the ones that do come out Merle. Because yeah. otherwise, you got like a, a slim to none chance if you're just breeding two normal dogs together mm-hmm. to actually get that Merle. Yeah, you pattern. could maybe get just one or two, whereas the other the other chance you could get five to six, and then maybe one or two duds. Right, but so it's a way for them to guarantee that their litter is going to have Merle in it. And they can make way more money off like their litter. Like $10,000 a dog. And then, yeah, you experienced that with one of your training clients. Had I a did. double Merle uh, English Bulldog. Yeah. And he paid $10,000 for it. $10,000. He, he's an NFL player, so he could afford it. Yeah. But still, yeah. $10,000 for a puppy. Absolutely. That's crazy, just because of the coat. So basically what they do is they, they take the ones that come out deaf, blind, or both, mm-hmm. and they dump them on a shelter. They don't want them anymore. Yeah. And where they are, where she came from, South Carolina, they're so overrun with the shelters there that she's immediately placed on a euthanized list. Mm-hmm. Her and her brother. Her brother um, was is uh, blind and deaf. He is still with us. He is in PA, living yeah. the life. Yep. There's a wonderful rescue down in South Carolina called Project Safe Pet, and they basically go to all these overcrowded shelters and they pull like the best of the best dogs, and the ones that really I, that's need where it. Oakley came from. Yeah, so, that's where Oakley so came from. So we had a good experience once with a Project Safe Pet dog, and I had worked with them many times prior in the shelter. Yes. So we had volunteered to do a transport from South Carolina back to Monmouth County, New Jersey, with a bunch of dogs, and we did talk about this on one of the first few episodes. Where yeah. We were like, oh, we. Made a mistake. We adopted a puppy. Um, so Because it was ridiculous. We went down there. We transported these dogs up. And in the process, we fell in love with Opal. Well, it was it was pretty crazy. So John convinced me to do this, what is it, 13-hour trip nonstop. And yeah, 13 hours so one way. I've never done anything like that before. I mean, I'm all for adventure, but mostly driving, you know, it, it becomes a little bit tedious. So he convinced me to go down. We're on our way. We're having a great time. We're taking turns driving, sleeping, this and that. Essentially, what we're doing is 26-hour drive in 48 hours or 36 hours. Not 26-hour drive in 36 hours. Yes. Because we literally crazy. We take like a four-hour nap. Yeah. We grab some food and then load back up mm-hmm. and head back to Jersey. Yes. So, yeah, I handed her off to you mm-hmm. and, I, and you looked at me and was like, Damn it, I knew it. She kissed my face immediately, and I was like, oh, my God, I love her. So we uh, we drove her back. Yes. And we, we did very little talking about it. We just kind of knew what we were going to do. Oh, yeah. I don't even really think it was a discussion. We kind of just were like, okay, we're adopting this dog. Um, I held her most of the way back. We swapped. Um, you know, who was ever driving was driving, and then whoever was napping was basically cuddling this adorable little small wrinkly pink thing. She was just perfect. She slept the whole way home. And if she wasn't sleeping, she was kissing your face. Um, and it, you know what it started out with? We, we put her in her cage and, and you know, we could hear. And, you know, when, on the way home, there's it's a ton of puppies and dogs. And they're stressed out because they're in, in a truck, basically. And, you know, they cry. But, like, we could hear her. And we knew it was her. It was just like these, like, parent instincts kind of, like, came into play. And we were like, all right, she needs to come up here with us. And she just slept the whole way. And she was perfect. 
This was February 21st, 2019. Mm-hmm. So I actually have the timeline. If, if you go to opalfund.org, you can get the whole timeline. We have Opal's mm-hmm. story. Do you want me to go through the timeline? Yeah, I think of, you should. But this is the timeline of her onset of her issues. So we had we got her February 21st, and everything was absolutely perfect. She was Im- almost immediately hyper-bonded with Oakley, and I had never seen two dogs bond that way before, like, ever. Yeah. So on October 3rd, 2019, I'll just read it as it is. Seemingly out of nowhere, our radiant, healthy puppy suffered her first seizure. We were terrified, heartbroken. We took her in to see her favorite vet, Dr. Mammon, at the, MC- M- at the Monmouth County SBCA who recommended getting labs done to rule out some potential causes. Her labs came back shortly after, and uh, it ruled out several of the causes, but didn't answer much of our questions. It became a watch-and-wait situation. It took her a few days to get back to being herself. 23 days later, October 26, 2019, Opal suffers from two seizures two hours apart. We take her back to Dr. Mammon and learn she experienced what was called a cluster seizure. We start her on a low dose of phenobarbital, which is an anti-seizure medication, and uh, she forgot her body training, and we needed to teach her body training all over again. It took about two weeks to teach her these things. Oh, she basically went back in time. Yeah. This was, what, 24 days later? November 19th, Mm -hmm. 2019, so we're starting to see a pattern of the time between these clusters. Opal suffers from four seizures all three hours apart. Dr. Mammon gave us a prescription for Valium at a local pharmacy and we administer the Valium and the cluster stopped. Valium is like a rescue at home rescue drug to stop cluster seizures. Mm-hmm. At this point, she forgot her potty training and all of her commands mm-hmm. and she forgot her map of the house. Yeah, we had a re So blind her dogs everything. will map out a home and they kind of know it like the back of their hand or back of their paw mm-hmm. so they don't walk into things. And I have here so This must have been in my notes. She even forgot her own name. So it took her a day to relearn her name, three days to start playing with her brother and her toys again, and about a week to relearn the house, and about three weeks for her to be housebroken again. Now we fast forward. She had, at this point, just learned how to be housebroken again. She just got back to a normal state. Yeah. December 14th, 2019, Opal suffers from seven seizures between 7 a.m. and 12.50 a.m., Several doses of Valium had been administered, but no success of stopping this cluster. Dr. Mem recommends we take her into the hospital. She's administered IV Valium in the hospital. We are prescribed a stronger liquid Valium to be administered rectally. She's also put on potassium bromide or KBR. It is recommended we get an MRI to better understand what's going on in her brain. We are sent home with Opal after a few hours, about 3 a.m. The medical bills, the medical bill was tremendous, as I'm sure a lot of you know. What I have here, because I'm reading off the Opal Fund's website, and this is why we started the Opal Fund We put it on a credit card. We had no idea how we were going to pay it off, but we knew we would do whatever we had to do for her. And uh, we were warned she was administered a large amount of Valium. It would be heavily sedated for some time and that her cluster was stopped. But just two hours after bringing her home, Opal suffered two more seizures. And at that point, it was recommended she be admitted into the hospital. So we had to drive back to the hospital and she was placed on a constant Valium drip for almost 36 hours. This time, the clusters were successfully stopped. We were told if she had any more seizures, it could kill her. So the estimate was several thousand dollars. Again, we swiped her credit card. It was also her birthday. Yeah, it was her birthday. Her first birthday. Swiped her credit card and prayed. And uh, thank God our sister-in-law actually set up a fundraiser for Opal, a GoFundMe. And that raised a lot of money for us. And that really helped us out. But we were able to cover her medical bills, but we still weren't able to get an MRI for her. 
that whole episode was nine seizures in 24 hours. It was crazy. And she, again, she forgot everything. And, I mean, and how could you not after that? It's so much brain trauma. It took her about 30 days to be herself again. Yeah. Like she was not even the same dog. Every single cluster hit harder and harder and it just became more and more difficult for her to bounce back. So at this point we had a whole new arsenal of drugs on board and yeah. everything was different and we were pretty hopeful because we had made it past that 23, 24 day mark. Oh, we I was so excited. I was like, the, once we hit like 27 days, I was like, we're good. We're out mm -hmm. of the woods. We're fine. On January 16th, 2020, Opal suffered four seizures, each progressively worse than the previous. We administered her rescue meds, as we were told, and uh, also doubled the dose of her phenobarbital, and the cluster was stopped. This time, again, the damage was pretty significant. She forgot everything for another 30 days, and she was totally out of it, and it took about a month for her to get back to normal. And uh, at this point, we started to feel like we were losing our grip on her. And, but we were happy to see that the rescue meds did work, but we had a bigger issue. The clusters kept coming. So she's finally acting herself, and that's 30 days later. And the next day, February 18th, 2020, she suffers three more seizures, all 18 hours apart. After each seizure, we administered the max dose of all the interventions that we had. And the, uh, the seizures were less intense, this cluster, but the damage was seemingly minimal. She recovered quickly and only forgot her map of the house. We were almost out of the cluster when a fourth seizure came and took everything. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. That fourth seizure, it was like how she was after her worst cluster. And uh, <clears throat> she couldn't walk anymore. She was knuckling her paws and falling every time she tried to get up. She forgot all her commands, her name, the house. And uh, even she was in the therapeutic range for all of her drugs. But her body was no longer re responding to the medicine. So four days later, after a lot of consulting with Dr. Mammon, who was amazing through this whole process, we decided to let her go. And that was exactly one year from the day that we fell in love with her, February 22nd, 2020. So we wanted to have a legacy for her. And uh, we couldn't afford an MRI. Opal's situation was unique, and an MRI likely would not have changed her outcome but there are so many pets in need of MRIs whose family simply could not afford them. MRIs are an invaluable tool and they give invaluable insight into what's going on in a pet's brain and allows the medical team to accurately diagnose the neurological disorder. We're certain this would be Opal's wish. So the Opal Fund was founded in 2020. 501c3, recognized by the IRS as a nonprofit committed to making MRIs more accessible to the families of pets suffering from neurological disorders by providing grants to cover the cost of these scans, leading to an accurate diagnosis, effective treatment. Diagnose, treat, survive. So you can go to the opalfund.org if you want to learn more about that. But the reason we're bringing this up is because last Wednesday, the Opal Fund board voted on the first MRI grant that we received, and we unanimously passed it through. And that, ironically, that grant went to a dog named Harper. Back when John and I worked at the SPCA years ago together, we both fell in love with this dog named Harper. She'd been there for a while. She's um she's a tan pity. She's super cute, very excitable, um, just very sweet, but she kept getting overlooked. People would, would always ask about her and then they they would do a meet and because she basically was raised in a shelter being cast around, um, she had the quirk of humping everybody. <laughs> yep. 
So, and this was like a nervous tick. She would basically do this because she didn't know what else to do with herself. So she would just like latch on to somebody and sometimes it would get pretty aggressive. So that was like her one thing. Otherwise, she was a perfect she was dog. She was passionate. She was passionate. You're right. Passionate, not aggressive. You're right. So because of this, a lot of people didn't feel like they could handle it. So they would overlook her. Um, she was there, what, at least a year? She was there for a while, yeah. Yeah, she was there Long for enough for me to bond with her. You mm-hmm. know how I am. I usually, I don't waste my time bonding with a lot of the dogs there because you know it's like a revolving door so the the dogs that i know are going to be there for a week it hurts you don't you don't bond with them but you definitely you save that bandwidth for the dogs that are going to be there a long time and aren't going to need you to stop them from breaking down yeah so she was that dog yeah so i would i actually used to say that um harper was john's girlfriend and that he was cheating on me with her and i think she agreed yeah work wife um, I have tons of pictures of John holding her like a little baby and her just loving life and all, what is she like 70 pounds? Like she's all a big girl. Yeah. She's her. not tiny. She's a big girl. Um, you know, when I say a pity, she's not a pocket pity. She's, she's a big girl. Um, so we always had a love for Harper and then she finally got adopted. So we were super excited for her. She, they, her mom made her an Instagram and gave her middle name Harper Jean. And we've been following her for years now. And then all of a sudden, um, about a week ago, John said to me right before bed, oh my God, Harper's Harper's in like the hospital. Like she's not okay. And we were, we, you know, we, we talked to mom. We got the story. Uh, she was in excruciating pain. Um, they sent us videos of her just screaming. She didn't know what to do. She was just... I'm going to read the post real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So the post says, Harper woke up on Sunday morning in incredible and indescribable pain. After three trips to the vet, the ER, multiple x-rays, medication, hospitalization, we were hardly any closer to finding the cause of her pain. The cause is believed to be neurological, and we are going to do everything in our power to help her. She's in the fight of her life, and we need your help. And then uh, they went on to say, you know, we're trying to raise money, and if you can if you can, pray for her and eat some peanut butter, because her favorite thing in the world is peanut butter. It is. Uh, and yeah, they sent us a video of her just... Just in, in just so much pain. Screaming. Just and it was it was kinda like not gonna lie, I know this sounds dramatic, but it was kinda like PTSD for me. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. It really yeah, like brought Opal, everything back. Opal would scream when she was post ictal, which is yeah. post ictal is, is the the ending phase of a seizure. It's when you're out of a seizure, you're coming out of of a seizure and it's it's a very confusing phase for them and they do strange behaviors in that phase they're not even really understanding that they're awake at, at that time their their bodies are just kind of firing off all their nerves yeah. and they act very strange like they can just run off like she, at one point i think early on in her seizure issues uh she actually like kool-aid manned against the wall and i had to yeah, catch I'm her like she it didn't was break through really scary but her her mo was she would just scream and her Bloody seizures murder. always hit in the middle of the night so I don't know how Scared someone the didn't call the cops on Oh, us. no. Yeah, I know. It sounds like somebody was being murdered in her bedroom. Um, but so Harper wasn't having a seizure. That's not yeah. what that was. She was, there was something wrong, not right with the way, you know, pain was being sensed or any sensations. were. And her body she was, was shaking. Just, she was just petting her head and she would literally go up on her back legs. Her front legs would get stiff and she'd shake. Yeah. Um, But it, it wasn't like a seizure. So they went ahead and they got the MRI and they, they just put all this on like a credit card yeah. and, and they were figuring out with GoFundMe, much like what we went through. And I said, hey, have your vet fill out this paperwork and fill out this application and let's see if we can help you. Yeah. If if her needs fall within what our mission statement is, you know, I could bring this to the board and we can vote on it. Absolutely. So 
they got the MRI and what they found was that she had a ruptured C6 and a ruptured C7 vertebrae. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that they can think of is it was from when she jumped off the bed. Like and I guess it up. wasn't graceful, but she jumped off the bed and everything started after that. So she ruptured two vertebrae. And, you know, after all these tests and all this money, the only way to, to fix it would be to do a surgery to get in there and... And spend a ton more money. Yeah. So it's she... insane. They agreed to it. They didn't want to give up on her. So they did a five-hour surgery to remove all the damaged material to try and protect that spinal canal, you know, make sure that mm-hmm. um, no paralysis exists. Yeah. You know, because all it takes is for something to just... So what it... So they take out the ruptured... They, they removed all the damaged material. The discs? Yeah. And then and what do they put in between? I don't know. I don't think they removed the discs. They just took the damaged material that was putting pressure on her okay. on her uh, spinal cord. So they did this very expensive surgery. They went through with it. Everybody else who's on the board of the Opal Fund, we voted on it and uh, unanimously decided that we were going to do what we could. We couldn't cover the whole cost of her MRI because it's been a very, very slow fundraising year. But we were able to give them something. And I just really appreciate that they didn't give up on her. A lot of people, you know, they do all these tests and they can't get an answer and their dog is acting this way and they've, they've had all this time with her and it's so easy to just say, all right, well, it's been a good run. Mm-hmm. Or then when you get the MRI results, all right, it's been a good run. We're not going to do this, you know, $7,000 surgery, whatever it is. Most people would go with that decision. So they, they did not give up on her and that's amazing. Yes. So we, we. We're able to help in any way that we could. So many people from the community that love Harper, know Harper, she has touched their lives in some kind of way. All were able to donate to her GoFundMe. So Harper's doing great now. She is. It's been about a week and a few days since the injury. And she got to go see her. She's home now. She's yeah. home. She's at, starting to act more of herself. She's got a lot of drugs on board, but <laughs> so she's feeling good, but she's doing great. Her stitches were insane. <clears throat> Yeah, well, there's, I think never, they're staples. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. I got the picture from mom and I was like, holy crap. But it's just, it's so full circle that yeah. this is a nonprofit that we started and the f- absolute first Dog that really needs it. Because we just opened up applications like, literally like that weekend. Yeah. Because it's How been such a slow fundraising year because of COVID and everything. Well, we literally lost Opal and in between... The three weeks of losing Opal and having our baby, John put together the Opal Fund. And right after the baby was born, COVID hit. So it was, like John said, a really rough year for fundraising. How can you possibly ask people to donate to your fundraiser when some people don't even have jobs? Yeah. So it's been really tough. I mean, we've been wanting to really get it out there, but at the same time, we have to, we want to be respectful and, yeah, you know. We're not, we're not, we don't want to be tone deaf. And, no, uh, I don't want to. Just start blasting out, hey, donate to this. Exactly. You know, when, it'll, when people start bouncing back, it'll happen. We'll, we'll have an event. You know, the thing is we want to have a, a fundraising event for the Opal Fund and have Oakley involved. I have a really cute idea that I want to do. But, you know, a lot of places right now, especially with COVID, it's tough because um, the one brewery that we love, you know, they can't have dogs inside. Um, for a specific reason so we'd have to do outside now it's starting to get cold and so we're just trying to uh, figure out a way to to fundraise but also be respectful and kind of make it work but we are so excited that the very first dog that really needed our help was a dog that we both have loved for a very long period of time so full circle and the, the world has a weird way of working and connecting the dots and i'm just happy I'm Opal ha- would have I'm been really proud this way. Yeah, and she, I'm, I'm sure she's looking down, smiling. So, 
That's it. Opal Fund. Harper. And uh, do you want to talk about how, if anybody out there is willing, how they can donate to the Opal Fund? Because we already have another application and uh, I'm sure they're going to keep rolling in. Yeah. So you guys can head over to the opalfund.org and hit the donate it's just, button. It's just opalfund.org. Yes. Sorry. It When you say it out loud. Yeah, I know. It kind of gets confusing. Opalfund.org. And uh, yeah, then right on that home screen, you could donate to the Opal Fund. You could read about our mission. We have a whole transparency statement. So everything about the Opal Fund is, we're very transparent about it. We have a whole list of our board members. We have copies of our 501c3, our determination letter, Division of Consumer Affairs, registration, nonprofit bylaws, articles of association. Everything is available. So you can see it's a legit 501c3. Uh, we have done everything we possibly could to make sure that we are totally compliant. Well, and you also created an entire seizure guide for people. That's yeah. That's the that's the other thing. So if anyone has a dog that is struggling with this, or or that you are new to the unfortunate uh, seizure parent family, come and look at our website so you can understand, learn a lot more about uh, dog seizures. There, when it happened for us the first time, it really happened. We literally didn't know what to do. And I found what one article. Yeah, I one searched, article that you felt was even good. Yes, that that really like understood what I was going through at that moment. This woman, I wish I could remember her name or what the website was, but it was so helpful and it was the only thing I could find. I searched it, for it, hours. She made you feel like like I it wasn't was crazy. Three AM and she made you feel comfortable like yes. comforted. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's this she isn't walked a big deal. me through you have it. Trying to figure this out. Breathe. And- she was like, "You are in more pain right now than your dog is. Your dog is not in pain. This is what you can do to get them out of it." She said to get um, Hagen Dazs vanilla ice cream because it's the, it's one of the more natural ice creams. And you, I think that she's just really. Like I know Hagen-Dazs. it was funny. It was funny though. I just remember it, and I was like, "Okay, like we need ice cream." So I literally went to the to the freezer and I got a banana bone and that, that really did calm Opal down from the screaming. So like everything that she was kind of saying really helped me through it at that time. And it was, but the thing that made me sad was that was the only article out there. Right. So if you go to opalfund.org, the third tab on there is resources and it's an ever growing list. We have right now the seizure guide. What is an MRI and the quality of life scale. And in the seizure guide, it's everything you're going to need to know about canine epilepsy, seizures in dogs and cats. And so it starts with phases of a seizure, pre-ictal, ictal, post-ictal, types of seizures, generalized seizure, focal, petite mal, cluster, status epilepticus, about seizures. What is a seizure? Toxic causes, toxic causes uh, for in dogs, cats, medical causes, potential environmental triggers, life expectancy, Getting veterinary care before seeing the vet, what to expect at the vet, what kind of drugs, at-home clusters, seizure rescue therapy for dogs, at-home care and mitigation, CBD, does it work, seizure tech, collar-mounted trackers, and then we're working on rolling out recommended lifestyle changing, uh, seizure diary, emotional support resources, all those are coming soon pending some fact checks, and then we have making the humane decision, which is that quality of life scale. But there's so much information packed into this page, and it's all free. It's just there if for whoever finds it, looking at it, like we were at 3 a.m., looking for resources, it's there for them. And uh, right at the beginning, it says, important, if your pet is actively seizing for more than five minutes, transport immediately to the closest animal hospital. And if you click closest animal hospital, it loads your Google Maps, it searches animal hospitals near you, and directs you to the closest one that is open during the current hours. So 
it's a really, really powerful tool. And I really hope that people well, this has already get value out of it. One of our other clients, I, I wanted to mention Cupid. Um, I have talked about her on um, other episodes before. Cupid was a friend of Opal's. They were besties. Uh, she also is blind. Um, she is not a double Merle. I'm not really sure what she is. I think she's probably a mix of a Aussie Shepherd or um, some other lab ish mix she's adorable um she too uh a few months ago i would say what maybe right after opal died i want to say yeah i think it was uh we had the baby already so march March, april i got a horrible text from her mother and i literally just burst into tears because i could not believe it so fresh um yeah, it, it just this is like the first time I'm I'm talking about all this. So I'm like super emotional. So if my no, my ugh, my voice is nasally, I apologize. But you know, I get this text from Cupid's mom that she had seizures like two within those last twelve hours, one at night and then one in the morning, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "Is this a joke? I feel like I'm in a bad dream." And I was like, "What are all blind dogs just having seizures now? I don't understand." So they wound up actually having the funds to get that MRI immediately. And unfortunately, her brain, what the vet had said was that her brain looks and has, you know, the markers of an older dog's brain, which to me is terrifying because Cupid just turned one. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that was the same thing that was going on with Opal. But to our knowledge, there's been no seizures since? No, I, not so, that I know of. I have right. to check in with her. But to my knowledge, she's been doing okay. She also got certified. She started on, she started on medication after that incident, yes. right? Yeah, yes, so. immediately. They didn't play around. So um, she also just got certified as a therapy dog, which is, I'm just so proud of her. Uh, she's come such a long way. And uh, just a little bit different the way that the way that Opal learned. Their blindness is very different. So... Um, Cupid was born with her eyes and they, they just didn't see. And then she had to get one removed, uh, I think because of glaucoma. So she has one removed and one there that just doesn't function. So hers developed, but they just didn't. Yeah. So like her mannerisms were very different. Like she, she shook her head a lot side to side while she was walking, I guess, to feel her surroundings where Opal didn't do that. But, you know, in terms of learning, they learned very similarly. They were both very very smart dogs and uh i just thought it was crazy how something so similar happened in in such an early stage of their lives i just i'm blown away and i would like to learn more about blind dogs having seizures and and why they think it's happening maybe one day the opal fund will grow so big that we could actually make a study yeah fund some studies and and get some more answers and actually make a real impact so we have resumed our fundraising efforts now that things are starting to, we're starting to get to a, uh, things are starting to feel a little normal. And thankfully a lot of people are back at work. Some kids are back at school. We're being safer. Yes. So if you head over to opalfund.org and you click donate, there's a couple of ways that you can uh, contribute and help us. You can donate immediately online through PayPal. You can donate by mail and you can send it to our PO box, PO box 104. Just send a check, write it out to the Opal Fund. It's PO Box 104, Keyport, New Jersey, 07735. You can make a tribute donation. So it's a donation on behalf of a beloved pet or individual, and your tribute will appear on the In Loving Memory page. Make it a monthly recurring donation, which we have a few of those, and those people are Opal's heroes because they really are. they're money that keeps coming in and keeps funding what we're doing. And 
you'd be surprised how many like little little things a month there are just to run a 501. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a free gift option. Every now and then we'll have a company like this one, uh, Joycare on site, who will donate us, in this case, a bunch of books, yeah. brand new books. Amazing. That, uh, I think, believe now Dr. Susan E. Davis. She's a animal physical therapist. Yes. She does physical therapy for pets. And it's all hands on pet, your how-to guide on home physical therapy methods for pets. And it's a huge book. It is well over 200 pages. But Susan's a licensed physical therapist with 40 years experience having transitioned from human to animal PT. Her practice includes on-site patient care, services to pets, plus distance virtual consulting. She's an advocate for helping animals live active, happy lives through educating owners on all options available to promote mobility. So she gave us a bunch of books and the donation that we're doing right now is any donation, $30 or more gets a copy of this book. Yes. And it's, you never know, it could be useful to any pet owner because as dogs, dogs get older, cats get older. Absolutely. Their mobility becomes affected. So this is super important. It's not just dogs and cats. It's I see, was that duck? Well, I think one of the last chapter is um, birds, something, and all the rest. Yeah, so, so it covers all kinds of different animals. So it's really just a great resource to have on your bookshelf, ready to go. Should anything ever happen, should, should one of your friends or family members' pets, it's just a great resource to have. And you can get it for free with a $30 donation to the Opal Fund. So your money is going directly to the Opal Fund. It's funding an MRI for a pet that's in need whose family can't pay for it. And then you get this great book that was graciously donated by uh, Dr. Susan Davis. And everybody's happy. Yes. Especially the pets. So we have that going on right now. We have a couple more of these. We've, I think we've gone through about half of them and then everything just kind of stopped because COVID hit. Yeah. But we're resuming now. So there's only a few more left. And then the, the best part about this is they're actually signed on the mm -hmm. front cover. Which if you go on Amazon and you buy one, you don't get the signed one. That's right. So you, this <laughs> She is one, on Amazon though because she's that fabulous. Yes, but they're all signed. Thank you for supporting the Opal Fund in memory of Opal Caponetta and helping animals in need. Signed, Susan Davis. So we love you, Susan. Yes. Thank you so much to Joy Care on site for the gracious donation to the Opal Fund and helping us raise money. And if you are interested in getting your hands on a copy of this how to guide just to keep in your home, if you ever need it or you want to learn more about it, then just make a $30 donation right, right to the Opal Fund. Go to opalfund.org, go to donate, and then at the bottom, free gifts, and you'll see it right there. It's the only free gift campaign we have right now. So donate $30 now and claim my free gift. $30 and doesn't seem like a lot, but it really does help us out. It does, and it adds up fast. So if you are interested in donating, that's one route to go. Or if you don't want the book and you just want to make a donation, we would be so gracious to receive it. So that's it. That's uh, that's, that's Opal's story. story, and that's the Opal Fund, and that's what we're doing. And uh, we're still on Cloud9 for being able to do our first grant and get that pushed through and... It's already, the payment's already been made to the hospital, like it's mm -hmm. a done deal. And it just feels really good to have. I know it sounds crazy, but helping out Harper with Opal's legacy makes missing her a little bit easier. Yes, it is. Uh, That's why I haven't spoken about it literally yeah. since we've lost her, because it's just too hard. It's yeah. like losing a child. It's like she was only a year old. It's very different when you lose a very young dog compared to a dog that has lived a life and you're like, okay, my dog is 
is older. They've seen the world. Yeah, it's We've easy been to through rationalize so much together. It. And you can really say to yourself, okay, this makes sense. And I knew this see. was going to happen eventually, you know, and maybe it happens a little bit earlier. It always happens earlier than you want it to. But with Opal, like we only had 365 days. And in reality, half a year, you know, everything started hitting yeah. in October. So we had like and she six wasn't herself. months. And she was, I remember... Right before the seizures hit, I was always talking about how everyone says to us, oh, God bless, bless you for taking on a special needs dog. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is the easiest she was dog the easiest I've dog. ever had. Uh, easiest dog I've ever worked with. She, she makes Pudge look like pup. an idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was the best puppy in the world. Pudge she couldn't even see anything. And she was the easiest dog that we had. She knew so many commands. She was crazy smart. She brought so much joy to our lives. Oh, my God. She had such a personality. To be able to... To take that the grief that we're feeling and turn it into something positive and take her legacy and and turn it into something like this. And who knows where it's going to go in the future. But if all we do is fulfill that one grant, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Me too. So we're still on cloud nine from that. So that's why we wanted to talk about that today. And we never really talked about what happened with Opal. So no. I think it was necessary for us to talk about it and get it out. And regardless of how emotional it is for both of us, it's definitely good to talk about it. If you wanted to see a photo of her, you can obviously go to the Opal Fund and you can, she's right on the logo. Um, but also I'm going to post it to Paulson University Instagram at Paulson University. That'll be posted. Take a look at how uh, beautiful she Yeah. Was. Maybe you can. Do you have any videos of her like doing her commands and stuff? Like could, oh, we, yeah. could you make, maybe post a picture of that Absolutely. instead and mm-hmm. put in the caption. Just talk, reference this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So head over to at Paulson University on Instagram. That'll be up now. And you can uh, take a look at how cute she was and how smart she was. Maybe help us contribute towards her legacy and contribute towards saving some animals. I think the video that I'm going to post is the video where I taught her basically like five commands in 20 minutes and she knew all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I know that one. That's when you were in this room. Yeah. 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 That's a good Um, one. You should post that one. I will. And normally I would never do that with another dog because like they're really not supposed to do that many commands that quickly because they can't comprehend them. But she just was doing it. She was doing the damn thing. She was loving the food. She was having so much fun. You know, we did down, we did, we did wait, we did touch. Can you imagine a blind dog touching your hand out in the open? She'd find it. It's impressive. Post that. I I will. I think people are going to want to see that. So, and you could also follow the Opal Fund at the Opal Fund on Instagram. And you could also like uh, on, uh, on Facebook and you can stay up to date on that. That's all we have for this episode. I'm sorry if it was emotional. Yeah, I don't know uh, how interesting this is to other people, but it definitely feels good to get it on record and I just agree. finally address it because we haven't. And, you know, it was time. We like to be transparent and, and honest about everything. So, yes, it was time. That's all we have for this episode. Again, follow us at Boston University on Instagram. And if you could subscribe and share this podcast with a friend we'll be resuming normal dog training discussions next week promise and uh, we're working on getting sophie gamond on the podcast yes i'm so excited if you're familiar with pitbull flower power is that what it is mm-hmm. and that those are those you see those beautiful pictures of pitbulls with the flower crowns she's going to be joining us someday in october we're thinking she's off first the grid or right second now. Yeah, she's, she's enjoying herself i don't blame her so first or second week of October we're gonna get that podcast interview done with her and I think it's gonna be pretty great because I've seen her other interviews and listened to her other podcast interviews and she is 
she's very very intelligent and talented and she's got a lot of valuable insight from her perspective of animal welfare and pit bulls and creative ways to raise money and raise awareness so i'm looking forward to that conversation a lot Me too. that's going to be a great one until next week class dismissed <laughs>